Hey, I'm Paul Patrick, and though I shave my head and wear a goatee these days, back when I had a full head of hair and never had a beard, couldn't even grow a beard at the time, I thought to myself, man, that's a great look. It's a shame I can't pull it off. Hi, I'm Van Kelly, and when I was a little kid, I was almost trampled to death by a bull on my grandfather's farm. What is happening and welcome to our show, Every Day I'm Different. Now on this show, me, Van Kelly, and my co-host, Paul Patrick, will choose two random topics and discuss them in relation to our own experiences and stories. Now we hope you all agree sometimes, disagree sometimes, but always tell us how you feel about it and the topics via social media. What's happening, Paul? Not too much. I'm just wondering, was your grandpa's farm, was it in Pamplona, Spain, or... (laughs) You just got in the wrong, you got in the way of the wrong bull? Um, it was, oh, you know what? I lied. It was not my grandfather's farm. Okay. It was my babysitter's farm, but they worked together. Okay. So it was on a farm where I spent a lot of time growing up. And so this was your babysitter's fault. Yes. I should not have been in, in the area of a bull. Right. Yes. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah but they were like all babysitting country. 101. Yeah. Uh, my, my. Southern family are all farmers and kind of rednecks. I love them all to death. But, yeah, they're the kind of people who keep dogs outside and bring little kids to bull farms and let them run around unsupervised. Terrible idea. Just just country folk, baby. Okay. All right. So I wish a little bit of that, like, rugged old school manliness had rubbed off on me. But, no, I hated him then. And and if I never step foot on another farm, Paul, I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah. What about you? You ever been on a farm? You sure, yeah. Really? I mean, I've never worked on a farm. Oh, no? You never bailed hay, baby? No, I can't say uh, as I have. Oh, I uh, bailed some hay, my friend. I've oh. been to like a CrossFit studio where we pretended to be farmers, but uh, no. In, in Brooklyn? <laughs> yes. I've been on farms for like apple festivals. Those are always good times. Those are orchards. No, no. I mean, like I've gone to a farm and they'll like haul shit in. Oh, okay. Mm, that's not really a farm, but okay. I digress. <laughs> So I've never been on a farm. Yeah, like a real working countryman's farm. I'm sure I've been on a farm. I'm oh, I've been on have. a farm. Well, I've not been on, but I know that thing. Okay, I know that being on a farm thing. Right, right, right. All right, uh, how are you feeling tonight, Paul? Good, good. I'm I'm very tired. I was leg day yesterday, and then I've been moving out of my apartment, so I'm exhausted. But uh, but you just had some get up juice. Yeah, no, I'm I'm ready to go. I had a muffin. I had some coffee, and okay. I'm I'm feeling peppy. Nice. Yep. Uh, my drunk is starting to come off a little bit. I'm wondering Aww. if I should make myself another drink. Sure. We'll wait till after the episode. No big deal. All right. Um. So, Paul, why don't you give us our first topic and explain what it means? Because I'm still a little fuzzy on it, despite you telling me about it beforehand. Well. I guess I'm either going to call it, what do you think about the body positive movement or maybe even the fat acceptance movement? Ooh, to me, those are slightly different. Well, and I I imagine they are. I will start off by saying that I am not as well versed in these as I should be, but it's definitely been a hot button topic or a frequent topic of conversation among my friends. Uh, And I, I think... Body positivity and fat acceptance—they—they they, at least there's a Venn diagram. They're overlapping in yeah. in places. Okay. Um, I, I definitely have a friend who used to be very very much about weight loss and constantly exercising, but has more recently embraced the body acceptance movement. Love your body, uh, and not just love your body and accept your body, but also promoting the healthy at every size um, mindset, which is that it's not the the weight uh, that is unhealthy, but rather the, the motion inactivity. of the ocean. Yes, okay. the inactivity uh, that is what's what, what's unhealthy and leads to higher mortality rates. Okay. It's not the weight itself. If you have a higher weight and yet you're cardiovascularly uh, in good fitness yeah. and you have low cholesterol and your blood pressure is good, all that kind of stuff. If the health markers are good and you're still overweight, um, then there's a, there's a big, big now, push to push back against doctors who, like you go to a doctor and you might have perfect numbers and yeah. perfect everything, but you're you know 50 pounds, quote, overweight. And the doctor will say, say you need to lose weight. Yeah. And the question is, wait, why? Why do I need to lose weight? What's yeah. the point? And uh, I, what I don't know is that I don't know all of the research that 
some research seems to link weight to higher mortality and higher risk of developing heart disease and all that kind of stuff. Right. And yet, I guess there's some research out there that disproves that or yeah. supports that it's not the weight, it's the inactivity. Right. So. <laughs> Man, I've got some corny jokes on deck and I don't oh, know good. whether or not good. to just break them out. That's why I kept rolling over them. <laughs> yeah, you can break them out now. Go for it. Yeah, no, they were, they were topical at the time. No, I'm sure they'll work now. without, I'm sure timing is never what's important in comedy. Okay. So, sure, right, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say the waiting is the hardest part, but... <laughs> I think we could workshop that one a little okay, bit. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, just philosophically, yeah. that argument to me also states that if you drink a lot of water, your alcoholism isn't a problem because, oh, your liver's fine or you're like taking liver vitamins or something. What about all the other side effects that the alcohol, you know, ruining relationships, spending all your money sort of thing? And that's where my – this is more not what's my opinion on this, but this is maybe more an examination of how I come out of a topic like this. Yeah, philosophical. I would like to know so much more about it yeah. um, that I'm hearing and reading some research online right now. Mm-hmm. Today I've been reading about a dietitian in particular who is very much a part of this um, fat acceptance movement yeah. uh, or body positivity movement or healthy at every size. Yeah. Um, so. I'm, I'm reading a lot about that, and I'm just curious what else is out there, what other evidence. Um, because, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether or not uh, is it simply the low cholesterol that matters, or is it the, the fa- if you are 50, 100 pounds overweight. Uh-huh. I, I do know this much, or at least I feel this much, that are you familiar with the BMI scale? Um, no. Body, Body mass, mass index. Yes, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's basically a scale of what is considered, quote, healthy, right. overweight, or obese. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm considered obese on that scale. Now, be honest, be brutal with me. Would mm-hmm. you look at me and say I'm obese? No, absolutely not. Yeah. So um, I'm probably overweight. I could stand to lose 10, 15 pounds. Um, I, I think uh, for me personally, um, I would rather I, I would focus more on uh, fat body fat percentage, and I will say um, what I do know about some of this issue is that I work out with trainers, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they're like, all right, let's check your weight and let's check your your quote BMI, but yeah. let's ignore that. What is probably more important is your body fat percentage. That, See, that's what I thought BMI was was no, body fat percentage. BMI is is a weird fucking scale. It is a ratio of your height to your weight. So if you are like a 5'2 dude who is completely jacked, you would be obese on that scale because of the off ratio of your height to weight. And muscle weighs more, so you're going to be... Yeah. yeah. Muscle is is more compact, yeah. Right, yeah. So, yeah. So muscle doesn't weigh... That's a weird, like... I know this is pedantic, but the whole muscle... A pound of muscle weighs... right, yes. Right, no, it doesn't. It's still a pound. But, yeah, a a pound of muscle is more dense. Right. You won't look obese, but because of the weight, you will... You would they be would on the say. scale. Right. So you'd go to the doctor and they'd be like, you're obese. Okay, so well, right. no, then I'm I've, not. <laughs> I've always had a problem within the fat index because yes. that's, that's right. unattainable for, for, like, a people, a for a lot of people. For a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the body mass index stuff, I don't know enough about it to say. Yeah. And uh, before we get into the ins and outs of it, the other philosophical point I was going to make, more so pertaining to me because I'm not an alcoholic, but by that not same, at all. But not, not at all. No, um, <laughs> my least favorite of all the drugs. I know it is. Me. I was making a joke uh, about the. You were like, I can't wait to get that after show drink. Oh uh, right, yeah. yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, so you're not an alcoholic. You forgot all about it. <laughs> you're right. I did. Um, is if I ran a mile a day and I'm a smoker, would that be cool? Like that's just like, oh yeah, yeah. You you, you offset it because you do this. Like there just and needs to be a this is unhealthy or this is not unhealthy. It's not how you're offsetting it. And what I do wonder opinion. is if it's really it's uncertain about that. Mm-hmm. Like your analogy, I get that as your first like go to, but like there's absolutely evidence about your your how your lungs are affected by yeah. smoking. And yes, if you uh, work out, you might have healthier lungs, but you're also you know super fucking. So there's there's more concrete evidence. I think I'm assuming I haven't been lied to by the anti smoking. Uh, right. So, so th- that's definitely one part of it. Is is it true? Is it something, it, or is it a, is it something that is is dangerous? Because I will go into this. Mm-hmm. I think that there is absolutely a horrific industry of fat shaming and body po- um, body image shaming 
that, I mean, since I was a little kid, mm. it was all about, oh, you know, the models on the, the cover of the magazines. Oh, uh, yeah. you can't You can't aspire to be as thin as yeah. they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found out that a yeah. student I taught maybe seven or eight years ago right. was anorexic for part of the time that I taught her. I had okay. no idea. Right. And anorexia is a fucking awful, serious disease. Sure. Um, <laughs> Sure. Um, <laughs> that's right. You're pro Anna, uh, pro Anna thin. Yeah. But uh, I enjoy a skinny gal. Uh-huh, I don't know what to uh-huh. tell you. But um, so uh, on the one hand, yeah. if like you're you're being bombarded from culture about yeah. body image mm-hmm. and you go to your doctor and your doctor even is like lose weight yeah. and you maybe don't need to for right. your health. I can absolutely totally understand. I guess. There's just been, and maybe this is just me so indoctrinated, there's so much about activity and weight being a correlation at least that if somebody is, you know, 50 pounds, quote, overweight, I'm glad you're happy at that size. Mm -hmm. Um, But is that that really healthy? Is it possible for it to be healthy? Yeah. Is it possible to be healthy at every size? Because I don't, I don't, my gut reaction is I I can't imagine that it is possible. And I don't want to, you know, reinforce stereotypes and and body image and all that shit. But at the same time, I also, I, I don't want, I, I hate for the pushback in the other direction to be out there. Right. Why can't we find the actual objective truth? You okay. Know? So I think I've talked about 30 seconds this podcast. So you've okay. given me a lot to un- unwrap. All right. Here. Let's hear your notes. Let's, let's, let's start first with what is healthy. Okay. I think because of that 80s, 90s time period of the rail skinny Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit cover model, the yeah. Tyra Banks and, and that whole crowd. Yeah. That we've got this idea in our head of what is healthy skinny, and I think that needs to be upped, upped a little bit. Okay. So I think it's completely acceptable to be thick and healthy, and I think that's possible. Yeah. Um, Hell thick is in. Right. Yes. As we've done an episode on, and I've stuck up for yeah. our, our little ladies, um, <laughs> and I'm fine with that. And, and I think they loved that it when you called be... them little ladies. <laughs> yeah, I should probably wear. There's got to be a better anyway. way to say that. Anyway, um, so I think that that image could stand to be more realistic. Yeah, but that's in a perfect world. To me, the first analogy that pops in my head is like, all right, so. I'm I'm it's in, I'm incapable or I don't have the skills to be a good artist. So stop putting good art out in the world to sell things because I can't be that good. Like advertising is a thing. People like to see pretty things and they buy stuff when they see pretty things. So fuck you if it doesn't represent the society. Advertising is not about representing society. Advertising is about making your product look Indelible. But my first reaction to that is why is the super thin the good art? That is like why you're right. You were on the right track that maybe that we it would be great if we could better adjust what is attractive and what is beautiful. And who knows why? And if that does change, and as it is sort of going, you know, like uh, Kim Kardashian sells stuff. To yeah. millions of people. And yet, I find her, no offense, I'm sure she's a fine uh, woman, but I don't <laughs> find her attractive. I almost find her repulsive. Now, that's probably all the shallowness blending in with her body Sure. Style. And honestly, but, I, I kind of always think that if we met her in person, you'd be like, you're a tiny person. Like, I bet, maybe, I feel yeah. like I, we just said thick is in, and yet the magazine cover thick is not what thick really is. Right. You know, but the point I was making was that if advertising goes that way, I'll be in the minority and I will not find those people on the, the, those women or men or whatever Mm -hmm. on the magazines, on the, fitness commercials, I won't find them attractive, but yeah. I won't bitch about it. I won't complain and say, that's unfair. I want my old, like, I'll just understand that that's the, the look society's going for now. Yeah. I don't understand the whole bitching about advertising. To me, you put your, to quote Dwight Schrute, the best turnips or whatever his things are, they go in the front. But there's the best beats. There's you so put, many people who can't think that way. They see that and they assume, right. oh, that's what I'm supposed to be. Well, that's what I'm supposed to. I was just listening to. Uh, being a mental midget then is I, what I'd well, say. Well, but we're talking like 
10-year-old girls or 12-year-old girls. I was just listening to a podcast where uh, 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 a cast member of RuPaul's Drag Race was on. Okay. And they were talking about uh, how there's some super young girls are huge fans of Drag Race. And they think it's because uh, they're at an age where they're starting to figure out what society thinks is, quote, beautiful. Uh And so they, they see RuPaul's Drag Race and they realize, oh, these are other possible images of what beauty really is and this is maybe something I'm even more interested in than the typical Cosmo cover shit that I see this is what I want to be and it was really interesting to me that like drag queens could be this super positive role model for young girls for what uh, femininity could look like yeah I like that Yeah, that's that's, 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 thinking outside the box yeah I like that wouldn't the same argument then be made like I know a lot of liberals and stuff, uh, maybe, I don't know, it's so confusing with our fucking country now, but like, you know, the big backlash against violent video games and stuff, and eventually people were like, listen, uh, playing violent video games doesn't make you violent, like, you need to be raised the right way, and if you're raised the right way, you're going to know the difference between, wouldn't that same logic apply to 10-year-old girls watching skinny girls? It's like, yes, but... That's, that's, imagine that's like a 0.001% of the population. The same way, like, yes, you could grow up and have a gun and shoot at people, but that's 0.001%. That's our military. I still think there's a little difference there. Okay. That I think Me there's too, a very, but I'm just asking the question. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Like, there's a very, there's a delineated line between this is a video game, this is not reality, yeah. as opposed to this is what I see on every magazine cover, TV screen, movie screen. Right. This is what everybody wants and what everybody likes. Yeah. Um, this is a is weird direction to go, but I've heard so much uh, in the last couple of years about how terrible um, sex is for college age girls because um, <laughs> the the boys act like they're in a porn, yeah, and because that's all they've ever seen, right, and like yeah. that's not what real sex is actually is. So right, like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? This is terrible. Yeah, uh, and and then also like girls are trying to be like porn stars, yeah. and that's just it's a weird weird thing of. What you what you try to emulate, what you think is, oh, this is what sex is. Yeah. Oh, this is what beauty is. Right. So, I mean, on that on that track, yeah, I'm completely down with. I wish we could adjust standards of beauty. Yeah. But I also I, I'm I'm super worried that this is like a Trojan horse, you know, letting um, bad habits and unhealthy habits <clears throat> in in the name of fighting back against that. Right. Yeah. So. Well, see, I think a lot of parallels could be made about like the safe space and snowflake movement and stuff like that you know it's like uh, acceptance is great and needs to happen but i think acceptance can go too far yeah and they're not too far but there can be negative consequences of two of acceptance and just just to lay a blanket uh, over saying any weight gain you want is acceptable yeah that's troublesome and any acceptance of anything is troublesome. Um, it's a, it seems like a swing too far back in the other direction of the pendulum. Sort of, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, wait, uh, it's dangerous to say healthy at every size. Are you sure? Yeah. Is there not a point at which, well, yes, there's firm evidence that at this size, that is unhealthy? Right. And if there was conclusive evidence, sure, good. Yeah, yeah. go for it then. Yeah. But I think the scientific evidence leans more towards the other way, that it is unhealthy at some point. You cross a threshold. And But to hear some of my friends talk about it, the, like that kind of evidence is not necessarily based on real scientific study. And again – Are this, your friends who say that fat? No. Okay. No. Um, there's this one dietitian in particular, uh, Rebecca Scritchfield, okay. that she used to be a dietitian all about weight loss and living a good life, but she has now embraced what she calls the body kindness philosophy, um, that she's not interested in fat shaming or body shaming, which yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. What? Okay. Oh, wow. Does she want a fucking prize for that? You're well, not a bully? Congratulations. Yeah, but like... Dude, so many people still are. Yeah. I mean, we say we say that on the one hand, but when – and again, like I, I've heard people feel bullied by their doctors, their healthcare providers. Right. You know, like um, I, I've got this this uh, issue. What should I do about it? Well, I can't figure out a problem, but lose 10 pounds and come right. back and see me again. You know? I, I don't know. I feel like people are going to get made fun of no matter what. Like I've pointed out – girls who I find attractive to my friends and they rail on them as like skeleton, no butt, 
no good, you know, skinny right. wisps of women. Well, like, of course, because that's just gross. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That goes against my thoughts. Uh-huh. Oh, not allowed. Uh-huh. Not allowed. You can't say that in front of me. Uh, all right. All right. No, listen. If uh, our coffee shop friend, <laughs> oh. she is welcome to join us on a podcast Absolutely. anytime. Um, now, another thing that I wanted to bring up was I think a, a positive that could come of all this is taking away – if this is going to happen, then we need to take away this, this, the negative connotations and stereotypes of the word fat. If we're going to, to do that, you'd be like – Yes, sure, you're healthy and you're a sex symbol and, and you're just as beautiful as skinny or in, in shape women or whatever. Yeah. But then also we can use the word fat. You are fat, but you're also beautiful. But you know what? The word fat exists to describe a certain person and you are fat. And that connotation is going to be ridiculously impossible, I think, to break. I, yeah, I see too. exactly what you're saying. You know, yeah. I, I definitely, on the one hand, I keep saying, you know, I'm not sure about this uh, body positivity movement from this extreme, yeah. but it also faces an impossibly uphill battle that, oh, you yes. know, I, I, I'm not like holding back the dam here against uh, all the fatties. Right. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, it, it's, it's clearly, you know, they're on the losing yeah. side by far. And we would be remiss not to mention that it is a, a, a sex thing is yeah. that like for some reason, I, yeah. Like in most things, unfortunately, in American culture, society today, it seems like the fat men have it easier than the fat women. Like there's that the, – the association of like, oh, this is our fat, jolly friend who's always a good time. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, he's fat, but he's funny and he's sweet. Yeah. And then girls don't really have that. Nobody ever sort of brings that up. And it's a shame because, yeah, like – if you're attracted to somebody, that's not – the body is not everything. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. But, it's be, funny you mentioned that. Do you know about our boss who has really I, – I was noticing today has really slimmed down a lot in the last, I'd say, six months even. Yes. Um, I was talking to her today and I was like, man, you got pretty eyes. Uh, her? Yeah. Oh, okay. Different one. Uh, I was talking to him. I was asking what his oh, secret was. Well, I was talking yeah. to him. I was like, hey, you got pretty eyes. <laughs> and a little salt in that Peppa Beard, baby. And partially because he is now our boss, yeah. I was thinking, he's a lot less jolly than he used to be. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's yes. got that lean and hungry look. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> um, wait, so, oh, so yeah, you are saying that, like, fat guys are viewed as jolly and skinny guys sometimes can be shrewd. Yeah. Okay. I mean, at least that, that when you said that, I wouldn't say that for everybody, yeah. but for him in particular, seeing him, his transformation. Yeah. I and thought, he was huh. always very candid with us. He was, I, I, I love him, um, um, BFG, let's call him BFG. Okay. And uh, BFG would always call himself fat. Yes. And he would always be honest about it. And, and, he brought to, to light to me things that I had never thought of and stuff we haven't covered on here that we should is that the heart is not always the center of it. Like we don't think about lower back problems, yeah. knee problems yeah. and all that stuff. Like you talk about American healthcare inflation. It's a lot because of the fat problem. See, that's one of the things that kills me about my friends being onto this track. I, I swear the one friend who is very much into this, not a year or two ago talked about how, Oh, you got some knee problems. Well, the first thing you should do is probably lose weight, yeah. you know? And I'm like, well, wait a second. What happened to that? You know? Right, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's it's tough nowadays to say one thing or the other. Yeah. I just want people to be confident with themselves, but yeah. I also want people to understand that being made fun of is not the end of the fucking world. You know, for some reason uh, we take our bodies more seriously than uh, most other things. I agree. I think that maybe you're coming off a little too casual about like like again. I keep I, I know I've said this already, but yeah. like if a doctor is bullying you about your weight after a fashion, yeah. like that seems like something that's going to get in your head, and that's kind of impossible to say. Like yes, I totally get what you're saying about like you know have a thicker skin about what you know even friends or people you see on the streets say. But if you're being to- if every Everything in your life is telling you you are fat and wrong, mm-hmm. and yeah, that I, I'm 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 on the side of the body positivity movement at that point. Uh, I actually brought it up with my trainer one time, and she'd never heard of the body positivity movement. Mm. Um, and when I mentioned it, she kind of was like, "Well, that's interesting," mm. and she herself she's not about. 
uh, weight or the number on the scale. Yeah. She's much more about mobility and function. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she's, she's complimented me if it looks like I've lost some weight, but she also doesn't give a shit if I've gained weight. Oh, okay. And she also is more about uh, are you feeling stronger? Yeah. Are you doing more? So, because there's definitely a movement of body positive yeah. uh, trainers in the world and physical fitness experts yeah. as opposed to let's shed those pounds, ladies. Yeah. Um, I, listeners may not know this, I'm not sure if I've ever talked about it on air, but within the past two years, I've gone from about 250 down to 190. So I lost a lot of weight and speaking, you know, without getting too braggadocious or in detail, because I just don't like talking about this stuff, but I've gotten laid a lot more. So it's just like the proof is in the pudding. Like people want nice shiny things Mm. and yeah, it it sucks, but, and I'd be willing for, you know, like I said, society go the other way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bitch about it. I wouldn't complain, but I wouldn't make myself thicker or skinnier because of society. I want to do what feels good for me. And I think that's really what's at the heart of what I'm understanding about the movement is that it is about feeling good about yourself and if you are happy or fat, then be fat. That sort of comes back to what I'm talking about. Think about something where you are Honestly, in your your dark place, where what I always talk about, when you are by yourself, well, not anymore, but when you are, <laughs> it's you and your thoughts and the carousels going around those last 10 minutes before you fall asleep. Okay. Think of something, Paul, where you are honestly maybe the minority or, or different than most people about, but you are really fucking comfortable about. Yeah. All right? Think about it. You, get some, you got something in your head? Okay. Boom. Somebody makes fun of you about that. Yeah. Are you really upset? And maybe that's maybe that's me. Maybe you know. Really? Yeah, maybe. Okay, so see, maybe. the thing with me is like, if you make fun of something that that I I pretend doesn't matter to me, and I put it off because I don't want to deal with it, or it's it's too uh, too much for me to deal with at the moment, and you make fun of me, I will get defensive and snipe back at you. Yeah. You know, like uh, I make fun of you know I get made fun of a lot. I have black mold in my in my bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And I and I will always snipe back and argue with people about it because it does bother me. But I'm lazy and I don't like blue collar work or scrubbing things <laughs> or doing stuff. So I just let it stand, and that does. I can play the hard ass, yeah. but it does annoy me because I'm not really happy with it. Yeah. But versus something else where, you know, like, I don't know, wanting to kill myself eventually in life, like, instead of dying from natural causes, I really feel confident and good about that. So when people make fun of me, I let it roll off my back. So if these people who are are, are hiding, not that's not the right word, using the body image thing as a positive, and then you make fun of them and they get really defensive, I'm going to say you're taking the easy way out sometimes, yeah. and you're not really comfortable with your body image. Can we do suicide next? I think Sure. Uh, all right. Oh, man. Okay. I've got a bunch of zingers, baby. Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do a zingerless suicide episode? All right. Yeah, anyway. All right. Sounds perfect. Yeah. God, I would love Doug Stanhope here for that, baby. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I stand. You got anything else on body, body images? That it is really something that I'm curious to know more about. And I'm skeptical about either side of the equation at this point. And yeah. Like yeah. most things I say we agree, just yeah. be happy with yourself. I, and you know I'm, makes you I'm 100% on that. If it makes you comfortable, um, and this maybe is another issue altogether, if it makes you comfortable, great. But um, I do have a problem when sometimes friends of mine maybe ram their points of view down my throat for years on end, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know what? It's this now. <laughs> what? Yeah. What the that fuck? Is very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. We just figured this out. I'm doing what you're supposed to. And yeah. now, yeah. Right. I'm not saying it doesn't happen often. Um, it's just one of those, you know, I'm trying to keep up here and I, I want to, I want to be on board with everything. So, yeah, I'm with you. Know. you. I just don't want anybody I don't hate that. my friends. I feel like I need to reiterate this. I love my friends deeply, but you know, sometimes it just is, and maybe this is something I shouldn't get upset about, yeah. but it can be frustrating to be like, wait, I thought we were, uh, I thought we were on, you know, team orange. Now, now you're saying black is the new color. Wait, I just caught yeah. up. What the hell? Right. Oh, is that a reference allusion to the TV show? Uh, not on purpose. It was okay. actually an allusion to Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, God. I'd rather uh-huh. watch the, the TV show. Oh, you're missing out, my friend. Um, shall we? Oh, no. Before we go that, your friend's really interesting. Am I ever going to get to meet these friends, Paul? Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I would love to. <laughs> you can come to the wedding in October. Ah, yeah, nice. exactly. All right. I hope we've got lots of contentious episodes <laughs> to be brought up during that. That's right. Uh, do you want to move on to our second category? Yeah. Let's let's get a little nostalgic uh, okay. for a second here, Paul. I want to know so, about some of your your best memories and worst memories. Okay, from childhood. From childhood mainly, but uh, should I put an age limit on it? Yeah, like, let's say college, college down. Okay. Um, I don't want to bring us all down here, but no, I, no, I had a few go. traumatic events in let's my go childhood. Down in the cellar real fast. Um, I um, I was sick most of my childhood. Okay. It started off pretty minor. Uh, by the time I was seven, I was having these weird stomach aches occasionally. Yeah. And then uh, by the time I was ten, all of a sudden I had high cholesterol. Okay. Which uh, th- these are all should have been signs of the bigger thing going on, which turned out to be kidney disease. Uh, and I was diagnosed by the time I was thirteen. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed because I uh, was anemic for a summer camp physical, and they're like, "You're a 13 year old boy. That's weird." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and anemic is thin blood. So yeah, a lack bleed. of red blood cells. Okay. Yeah. So they put me on iron because that's the first thing you do is you're not getting right. enough iron in your diet. Yeah. And when that didn't help, they realized it was kidneys, and uh, I had to go through some pretty weird tests. I almost died. Ooh. I almost went on kidney dialysis, but then I didn't. But then for the next five years throughout high. School. I was in and out of the hospital. Yeah, I was sick all the time. Um, so I, that, there's definitely a few traumatic events from my childhood. Okay. I would say honestly, the most traumatic was the first diagnosis because what happened is they um, they did a kidney biopsy to see uh-huh. what was going on. Yeah, but they didn't realize that I was already sick. So yeah. your kidneys regulate uh, your fluid in your body. Was your whole family in the room when they told you all this? No, no. no? Well, I mean, no, they didn't. So I'll get to that when they told me. Yeah. So they did the biopsy and. Immediately after the biopsy, my blood pressure bottomed out, and I almost died. And it was because I was really dehydrated because it was a medical procedure, so they hadn't had me eat or drink anything for like a day. But my kidneys weren't working, so I was crazy dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the big process, no, no. oh yeah, big no. oh yeah, in the process of trying to stabilize me, they damaged my kidneys even further. So all of a sudden, they're like, uh, two days later in the ICU, they're like, "All right, we've diagnosed it. You have this disease already, yeah. and this has gone super south, super quick. So we need to get you on dialysis right away." Yeah. So I go from being a relatively healthy young kid to all of yeah. a sudden they're telling me I'm going to have to hook up to a machine every day, a couple times a day. Yeah. And that, you know, that very much fucked me up for a while. I bet. Um, I was already an introverted, you know, indoor kid. Yeah. But I'd had friends in middle school. Um, but entering high school, all of a sudden, I was just like, nope, I'm staying home. I'm not doing anything. I'm not, you know. Real quick aside in case our listeners are wanting the same thing. Did you yeah. ever get a conversation with the Make-A-Wish people? Well, I think that that's more like you're you're dying. You're on your way out. Mm. So you, that's, you know, the people who have fatal illnesses or ter- right, but, terminal uh, but illnesses. I thought, but I thought, like, it looked fatal for a little bit. Oh, for a minute. I mean, uh, kidney dialysis uh, can definitely, you can live on it for quite a while, depending. And um, then they were immediately talking about, uh, it turned out, actually, I didn't need dialysis. Yeah. Uh, like, I got real sick, but then your cu- your kidneys do kind of self-heal a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, they, I recovered just enough so that I never actually did dialysis. Uh-huh. Um, and they already uh, went ahead and started doing workups for living kidney donor and uh when they were like by the time you you really need it let's have somebody on deck and it turned out i mean my dad was a good match for me so i did hold out until right after i graduated high school summer after graduation i had my first way to go dad that's right that's right that's pretty fantastic that's stepping up and his kidney lasted almost 20 years so yeah so in terms of trauma oh yeah I'd say that the first time in the hospital, those first couple of days oh, yeah. when I didn't know what was going on, Dude, that the, was super scary. The hospital as a kid is like the worst place. I can't was, think of yeah. a worse place. Maybe, I mean, this personal, but like maybe the Sunday school, church, those places <laughs> always <laughs> creep me the fuck out. Yes, yeah. But, <laughs> no, but like, yeah, being like, I remember almost fainting. Um, when I first saw the tube they'd implanted yeah. uh, for doing dialysis, uh-huh. and the nurse was like, "You got to stand up. You got to deal with this. This is your new life." And I'm like, yeah. "Lady, fucking give me a second here. Uh-huh. Let me figure this out." So yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> having them yell at me I, like, "I like you to have to deal with this." Thirteen year old Paul saying, "Lady, give me a fucking second here. <laughs> I just I, I'm reading the new Green Lantern. <laughs> just give me a second. <laughs> 
So yeah. So uh, yeah. So okay. Yeah. That's a pretty bad one. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. Wait, do you want you want to go to your trauma or should I give my? Uh yeah. Let's stay on trauma first. Let's, let's okay. Let's start in the cellar and work our way. All right. Huh? Good luck topping me. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> mine are gonna seem very very shallow uh-huh. after that. Can't one. wait for this. Well, like... I guess I'll start with the worst one probably. The worst. Okay. Uh, um, I'm a crier, as I've said on here before. I was sure. a mama's boy. Very very much coddled. Uh, uh, so I, I guess that sounds sexist, but I turned into a crier because I was a mama's boy. Okay. Uh, I, I'm sure it doesn't happen to everybody. Shut up. It happened to me. All right. That's yeah, what happened. It happened. So, um, it was Christmas Eve. I may have told this story. Uh, if I do, I've got a couple other in the chamber, you know, waiting for a rainy day. All right. Um, but did I tell the story about the, the, the divorce? I don't think so, no. but go ahead. So it was Christmas Eve and my father, uh, was rambunctious in his youth, and I think maybe he had kids and wasn't done with the rambunctiousness. Okay. So well into our middle school years, probably, he would, after work, go out for drinks with the boys, have a few too many sometimes. I think he used to go smoke pot, too, um, occasionally. And on Christmas Eve one time, I think he went out to go buy presents and then went with the boys and had a couple drinks. And he came home. like a fun dad. I, you know? Go ahead. He came home. And he came home and my mom was like working on dinner or something and they didn't know I was in the living room within hearing distance. Yeah. And my dad came home and I remember my mom saying, oh, well, I know what I want for Christmas. And my dad was like, what? And she goes, a divorce. And I started bawling. And they heard me and I went and locked myself in the room. And they had to come and like talk me. Oh, it's not going to happen. I was just being like blah, blah, blah. Oh, man. So like the rest of... My life still to this day. I mean, now they're very happy. See, I was ready to be like, it's not really kidney disease, is it? But no, that's pretty, that's not, you're a kid, you hear your parents say that, that's fucked up. And uh, then for the rest of the, not now as I was saying, because they're very happily, they're they're in that old age, we're best friends, we hang out, we love each other's company. Oh, okay. But I was worried at the time that they were only staying together for me. Okay. Like because they didn't want to ruin that, which is very valiant, and I think that that's good for a lot you of kids. Felt like the center of attention that you like being. Ugh, that's not the good kind <laughs> of. I like being like the dude handing out shots and making jokes. You I could have given not. them shots; it might have helped. That's true. Um, so that that fucked me up bad. Yeah. Um, but now it doesn't affect me too much anymore. But back looking back then, that was probably the worst memory I had. But then there are other smaller ones that stuck with me that definitely affected me. Like, one time my father promised me he would take me to the movie Congo. (laughs) And then he went out and got drunk with his buddies, forgot me, and I climbed up in a tree and cried until he came home. I think you've mentioned that before. Yeah. Yeah, It wasn't with as much context. (laughs) It's funnier now. Right. So, yeah. Um, Other than those, oh man, I had a pretty good childhood. Yeah, no. One time me and my buddy, um, uh, let's call him Aaron. Me and my buddy Aaron. 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 Um, he he and I were. His family would always throw a big fishing trip, uh-huh. and he was a very rich child, and he got whatever he wanted pretty much all the time. And when I would hang out with him, I got whatever I wanted, and we both were never told no by his parents, pretty much. Okay. And his parents threw a big like uh, event with fishing on their private land and whoever caught the biggest fish got the the reward and me and him didn't come in first and didn't get the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sleeping bags we wanted oh no and yeah that Heavens. fucked with me <laughs> man this kid your Bangladeshi prince friend like who are these friends of yours I, and I, can I borrow money from y- them yeah seriously right okay yeah, so I don't know that's obviously not on the same level but sort of what I like you know things affect us and we don't know why and they stick with us. You yeah. know? I'm sure worse things happened to me. I'm sure I, I, I had terrible instances. But these big events, like, my mind always go back to. Yeah. And, yeah, that was traumatic. But good. That was a good traumatic, you know, whereas sometimes they're bad traumatics. But and, tra- I mean, mine even, I, I, I know that I... Learned a lot from them. I grew a lot from them. Yes, Paul, and you have a zest for life that I do not have because of a lot of that problem. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, my uh, fiance sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. If she complains about this, but uh, she's definitely. You like doing things and yes. and constantly doing things, and she can be very much of a homebody, right. and I can be very much of a homebody too. Right. But at the same time, yeah, if there's something to do, um, I don't want to miss out because I missed out for so long. Yeah, like I didn't have a teenage. 
teenage life. Right. I didn't go out and do things, and yeah. I've had my homebody. I've gotten that homebodiness out of my system. Right, so. and the ages where you said 13 is where you were first diagnosed. Yeah. Oh, See, yeah. 13 is where I started doing hood rat shit with my friends. Sure. So, oh, I missed out on everything cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. And it, yeah, we're going to talk about all those times here in a second. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I literally went to only one party in seventh grade where Spin the Bottle was played. Okay. Um, you know, not that it would have lasted much past, you know, we weren't going to be juniors playing Spin the Bottle yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I missed out on that kind of stuff. And okay. you know what? I was also not cool. Like even in, in seventh grade, I got to go to that one party, but... I was not the uh, the popular spinny, right. okay. so I'm not I'm not saying that my life would have been wildly different. Yes. In some ways, the my my illness just <clears throat> kind of gave me an excuse to kind of lean into the nerdy homebody, right? You know, not popular, not boring, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So. All right. I'm scrapping my mind, seeing if any others come to come to the front uh no i th- you know those are the big ones okay i was too young for my grandfather's death to mean anything uh as much as i learned about his life afterwards yeah. and the war and pow shit if he had died like in the last 10 years i would have been a mess oh. a mess how old were you when he died oh like 11 or 12 yeah my my one of my grandmothers died when i was 10 and it was it was hard but also yeah, if I, I remember feeling more sorry for my dad because that was the first time I ever saw him cry. Yeah. So it was more about my dad than my grandfather at the yeah, time. Yeah, understandable. And, and now it would definitely be more about my grandfather and me. And then when my other grandparents started to die, I was old enough where I had some perspective and I'm like, hey, death is a part of life. Let's celebrate it. It's a good thing. They live long, happy lives, all yeah. that sort of shit. So. Yeah. Yeah, no deaths were traumatic for me growing up, and yeah, so I got lucky, I guess you could say. Yay! So, yay! <laughs> so let's keep with it. Yay! Paul, okay. good memories. Good memories. Um, best memories. Best, best memories. memories, I would probably say, would be like small moments with my family um, at bigger occasions. Okay. Um, I definitely have super fond memories of Christmas okay. and how my family celebrated Christmas and, and actually Easter too for that matter. Yeah. And it definitely was that my, my, my parents went the super extra mile to kind of make events like that very special for us. So Christmas, for instance, um, we would often go to bed Christmas Eve the night before and there'd be no decorations up. We would have gone to church. We'd come home. We'd go to bed. And then we wake up first thing in the morning and all of a sudden it's all there. Oh, that's magical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there'd be both. There'd be stockings hung. There'd be uh, gifts for us under the tree. But there'd also be like little stations of gifts that were just out. They hadn't been wrapped. Mm -hmm. And they'd like be set up like a store display almost. Um, And, you know. Kidney with the bow. That's right. That's right. Fuck yeah. Hey, I needed that. (laughs) You guys always know what to get me. So the, them always trying to make those kind of events special. Yeah. Um, uh, Easter, we would always get like an Easter gift. Yeah. But I, I remember one Easter in particular where uh, they made like a scavenger hunt out of it. Yeah. Like we'd wake up and find a clue of some place to go look and then another clue to go look someplace else. Yeah. Like it was like a weird Easter hunt yeah. for our present, whatever yeah. it was. So See now, and my parents were very much like that too. Just so fucking selfless. And I think a lot of that plays, I may have mentioned this before, into why I can never see myself having kids. I, w- I will never be that good Haven't we to just somebody. talked about this, that if you, like, like your life changing? Did we talk about this already? How my friend, I've got friends who say. Oh, yeah, when it's your kid, yeah, everything yeah, changes, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it could for you. You could, you could have a kid. There could be a, a little van out there right now that yeah. if you found out about them, you'd and be like, I, and I hope I fuck, said next this. Christmas is going to be amazing for you, kid. And I you'd hope I said this fuck. at the time. That is a hell of a gamble that it'll just kick in. Fuck that. I refuse to take that gamble. I'm seeing it happen with a friend of mine right now, who the, the yeah. one who had uh, his kid a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, not that he wasn't. It's yeah. good, right? Yeah. You ever seen it happen the other way, Paul? That's what? how broken homes, that's how murderers get, that's how <laughs> child abusers get made. Yeah. When you're not ready and there's nothing in you that will make you ready and you say, hey, maybe it'll happen. 
Well, you're right about that. I mean, <laughs> on the one, you know, I'm saying this about my friends who have changed, but right. they were already wanting to have the kid. It just okay. all of a sudden, like, super kicked in. Well, at that good, point. yeah, good, so, good for them. So, yeah, those are definitely some of my happier memories um, going on vacations with my family. Oh, I need, just, I need one. I need one. You need what? I need one specific. I don't like the, oh, my best times were vacations. Give me one, baby. Uh, going to Nags Head. I don't know oh, if I okay. could tell you. It's bit like we, we would always go uh, to Nags Head, North Carolina, to the beach with my cousins. Mm-hmm. And we'd all be in this one tiny house, but we just had a great time together. Okay. So families being together, special occasions. We like, like sleeping that. on the couch because you were the little one and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that sort of stuff. Okay, so family. You spent a lot of your happiness was. It's about family. it's about family. Absolutely, okay. yeah. Uh, from my from my childhood, exactly. Damn, you're making me feel bad. Oh, yeah, because all the bad memories have to do with my family, and all the good ones don't. We'll see, but all my bad memories are you know fucked up shit like, and yeah. then he took out the needle. You that's, know, that's true. So, that is true. Yeah, yeah. When I think of my best memories, it's it's always friend based. It's always yeah. freedom based. It's so. What's your best pre college memory? My then? best pre college memory, um, I, it's got to be. And this sounds so. I hate myself for saying this, but I think <laughs> I told this story on here before, so I won't uh-huh. go over it again. But if I haven't. Feel free to, to let me know. Okay. But the 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 first night I ever smoked marijuana with my friends, yeah. it was, I mean, magical makes me sound like a douche, and I know it makes me sound like a douche, but it has so little to do with marijuana because literally we were together for probably 10 straight hours. We smoked marijuana the last hour and we fell asleep later. It was all the other stuff leading up to it. Yeah. Like it was it was like episode seven or eight or the penultimate episode of like a Stranger Things season. Okay. I'm talking walkie talkies, <laughs> uh, curfews out, avoiding cops, lying to parents, riding bikes everywhere. Yeah. It was it was just amazing. It was like Sounds everything. Sounds pretty I, nice. Yeah, it was. Sorry you never got that. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, in college, uh, the first time I got drunk with friends, I can pretty vividly remember. And then it became like a regular thing every week at the bar. But like those are some of my favorite times from college. Yeah. I don't really remember them, but I remember how much fun they were. And then do you feel like every time you guys drunk got drunk afterwards or something, you were like chasing that first... Uh, I'll actually say that I kind of feel like we always were hitting those highs in different really? ways. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like if we get together now, it's been a long time since uh, a couple of us have gotten together. Yeah. Uh, cause you know, families and everything, right. but, uh, I think it's still the same, same old good time as always. Okay. Okay. I also have a lot, I, I'm fortunate enough to have, I played three sports growing up, soccer, baseball, and basketball. And I was lucky. Well, yeah. I was lucky enough to. Uh, I had scored a winning goal in soccer. I had the walk-off winning run in baseball, and I had a game-winning shot in basketball. And those were all high points for me because of my father. But that's like by proxy, okay. you know. Like I never tell those stories now because they don't, they don't mean, mean much, much to, to me. They meant huh. something to my dad. Like okay. seeing that look in his eye and how much time he had taken in his life to teach me those skills. And but wait, that, that doesn't matter to you, the look in his eye? No, it did at the time. But like me as an adult now, yeah, what I'm sure. braggadocious of, what I want people to know about me, what I tell people, well, I never bring up sports. Like uh, I think that, you know, to tag into a previous episode, what are we too old for? Too old to be fucking bragging about high school sports. Who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. Like, I had a a co-worker of ours recently, like, and it's, I'm such a weird fucking dude. I love being the center of attention, but then, like, recently one of our co-workers was talking to, like, another female in front of me about, like, oh, you don't know this about Van, but... He's a legitimate athlete. Like, he can do this, this, and this. Yeah. And I was just like, I shrugged. I was like, yeah, I guess I can. But why are we talking about this? this yeah. This makes me feel very uncomfortable because what does any of that have to do with skills of life now? Well, it's very much interesting to understand your character in some ways or just your you, your history. Mm. You know, it's one of those things that a lot of people wouldn't guess about you. Yeah. So Why is that, though? 
the better for lack of a better word the persona that you uh, exude today I don't think is is along those lines I'm you don't you don't strike fuck though yeah but you don't come off as jock competitive oh, you don't no, come I off hate as jocks. all right that is a so, but you were you were oh, a high school jock to the max yeah so right max. yeah so never wore a letterman jacket though never no, did that that wasn't the thing no it was, but I just didn't like it for some okay. reason. I don't right. know Well, you why. can still get one. Yeah. Uh, I bet you if, if getting laid wasn't easier because you played sports, I doubt I would have liked it as much, probably. Is that why you were a jock at the time? Well, no, I was a jock because my dad pretty much forced it upon me. Okay. But, like, you know, I think we've talked about this before. Had I had my druthers and who I really am, like, I would have been the theater nerd from get-go. Yeah. Like, I was music and entertainment. I think the theater nerds get some uh, pretty good trim, too. That's true. So. That Oh, that is definitely true. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so how about let's move away from childhood. Let's focus more on the college age. Ooh, college age. Oh, and I don't even know if I could say worst memories. Well, all right, worst memories, traumatic. We've talked about my, my college breakup. That was massively traumatic. The one where you were at grad school and were afraid to break up with her? No, 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 no. no. Uh, that was the, the college breakup was we broke up in Italy. I went to go visit her and she dumped me <laughs> while we were there. She like had cheated on me. And she, oh, she tried to commit tough. suicide. Like wow. there was a whole – and she never should have been with me in the first place. She didn't really Dios love me. Mio. No, what do they say in Italy? Like what's their – Dios like, mio. Is it Dios mio? Uh, no, I guess not. I don't know. Yeah. Something okay. like that. Yeah. Madonna. Uh, Ma- uh, Madonna. Madonna mia. <laughs> Look, oh, yeah, Madonna. Paul, you, you date a girl who can't be happy in Italy on like <laughs> a, a summer vacay. I don't think she was the one, man. But that was my first relationship. Oh, okay. So that yes. that was both a definite high yeah. and, I mean, in college I never had so much sex. So yeah. okay. uh, that was a definite high and then a low at the same time. But then – Hey, Paul. Yeah. Congratulations on the sex, bro. It was pretty Good. Yeah, good. Um, actually, it wasn't. Uh, we never had actual sex. Funny story. But anyway, what? Well, she suffered uh, shallow at the time. vagina. No, uh, okay. a condition that I always fuck up. It, it's not vaginitis because that's like a bacterial infection. Right. But it might be vaginosis. Okay. But it makes it, sex is painful. Okay. Um, and so that sounds like shallow vagina to me. All right then. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, so. you know that's a thing, right? I, no, I, yeah. Okay. Well, anatomically, yeah, but no. This is like clamp up, can't get in, and it's often like a psychological traumatic thing. Oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, yeah. the other sex we had, terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and funny enough, like it led to me having like a complex about – about I was good in bed, but I was never having sex. So when I actually started dating other people and tried to have like sex, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I had all this experience, but I didn't have the experience. Yeah, you're Frankie foreplay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I gotcha. So that was both a high and a low, but then like the rest of college was a high okay. because I was finally figuring out who I was. I was developing, you know, more adult friendships. I had friends. I had amazing times. I yeah. did some fantastic stuff. Yeah, the breakup was definitely a traumatic, mm-hmm. tough thing, and you know, it took me a while to get through. But yeah. um, you know, I came out on the other side. I think you know better for it. And uh, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, imagine bad yourself news, future wife. I'm still dating, hung up on my college girlfriend. Yeah, no, imagine dating that girl now. Do you oh think God! Oh yeah! No! 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 It's actually my uh, fiance. A lot of similarities, honestly, uh-huh. but the the ways that we were absolutely a terrible match 20 years ago yeah. are, are completely different. So right. it's like, oh, I see. This is definitely a type for certain reasons, but yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with worst college memory. Um, probably I got a DUI. My, I was 18. Yeah. I was 18 years old. I was a young buck. I literally like the October of my freshman year. Yeah. I went to a big city about two hours away where my best friend was at, at school. And ironically enough, there were no good parties going on that night. So we just sat in his older brother's apartment and we drank. I mostly smoked. I think I smoked like a blunt and I maybe had Four beers, four yeah. or five beers over the course of, you know, like three hours. Yeah. So I thought I was well enough to, to drink or drive afterwards, which, you know, I was sure. not according to the law, but okay. I was. Yeah. What, you, what is that tone for? No, it's, not, it's nothing. No, go ahead. Paul. Hey, uh, look, Paul. I can't say that I've never 
maybe driven when I maybe shouldn't have, but I knew it was like a deserted road and it was four in the oh, morning. See, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. should have driven. Yeah. I'm, I'm, this is for myself, I'm saying. Okay. That there were times that I should not have. Oh, me you know? too, 100%. This was not one of them. Okay, all right. All right. Yes. Um, you could have lined the streets with babies and <laughs> everyone would have made it out alive. <laughs> Um, that should so, be their new sobriety test. Yes, right. All right, we got the baby road over here. Can you make it through without killing one? Um, uh, so I drove a very tiny, compact car. Like you know, imagine the old nineteen nineties Honda Civic two doors, right? Okay. Um, we had a, two people in the back. I was driving the front, and the uh, and my buddy who was riding passenger side was six foot seven with like a seven foot wingspan. Okay. We put on a rap song, and we had the door, the windows open, rapping it. My buddy had his giant arm out the window, like yeah. doing the beat with his hand. Boom! We got pulled over because the cop said my buddy was yelling at people out the window. Clearly not happening. Yeah. Uh, I tried to deny that that's what happened. Cop thought I was giving him lip. He gave me the sobriety yeah. checkpoint, all that. I yeah. failed it. Blew a .08 on the scene, .07 at the play. So had I been an adult, I would have been fine, legally oh, speaking. Oh, right, because the limit's way lower. It's like limit, .02 or something. Yeah. You can't you have a lawsuit. And yeah. Pretty, yeah, exactly. Right. So I just remember crying. I remember when I came home, my mom was bawling. And I had to work extra to make up the money. Yeah. And I was just like, I'll never get a job. And that was just a very, very low point. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was bad. Uh, best memories from college? Probably music festivals where I took uh, hallucinogens for the first time. Okay. It was always with a core group of friends who just knew and understood each other. There was no judgment. There was yeah. no... Like, we are here to, to freak out. Yeah. And... Uh, listeners, if if you're good at drugs and you like drugs, <laughs> I, I will tell you. You're good at drugs. For, yeah, oh yeah, it's a skill, just All like right. anything else, All baby. Right. Um, there is no better place to hang loose than a music festival. Okay. And I don't know if that rings true for like the day bullshits like Lollapalooza and that weird shit that tries to appe- appeal to every person. Yeah. But you know the the hippie music festivals where it's like a celebration of weirdness and outdoors and music all combined together is really just, I don't know, you get to know yourself and your friends. Hmm. What The perfect, uh, as, I don't know, have you ever taken hallucinogen, hallucinogens, Paul? No, it's, uh, yeah, it's... Is uh, that on your bucket list? On my bucket list, really? yeah. Okay. Um, how do you feel about how they're portrayed in movies? Well, I, they always come off seeming like either... A silly portrayal or a way too serious, like yes, like you're gonna you're gonna eat a California. What's the fucking Simpsons joke? You got stoned and uh, you accidentally had a, a California chicken sandwich, and it's like a baby between two pieces of bread. Oh, during the uh, anti-drug. Yes, I yeah. thought you meant the yeah. one where Homer actually starts smoking pot. No, great no. episode. Oh yeah, start yeah. to finish. Um, there. It, a movie that's come out recently that I thought really know that even though it is, it is about a 20 second clip. Have you seen Super Troopers 2 yet? No, not yet. No. Well, there's a scene where uh, one of the characters takes acid and he's talking to another character who's sober. And he goes, I'm pretty sure I just took acid. I know how many hairs are on your mustache right now. <laughs> 2,000, you know, 170. And the guy just plain face, you know, messing with him goes, close, 2,172. And his buddy just gives him this shitty grin. And he goes, really? He goes, yeah, Really? Yeah, and then he just laughs and goes, man, Thorny, I don't know what to believe right now. <laughs> and that little aside right there was, like, I think perfectly encapsulated it. It's 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 goofiness, and it's like you're, you're getting to know your friends. Yeah. And the first time I ever went, it was with a group of friends who uh, I was getting to know and were kind of taking over from my group of college friends who had graduated and moved on. So it was a great bonding experience, saw some amazing music. And I can't speak highly enough about music festivals. Go get weird, man. Yeah, I feel like I'm too old for music festivals at this point. Oh, I, oh that's so great. Yes. I'm yeah, coming too, back to last episode. Yeah, yeah I should have come to. I mean, unless I get the fucking VIP, I have a catered tent uh, in my own bathroom and all this oh, shit. Oh, glamping? I would glamp in a second. Sure, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but that's a little outside my price range funny, still. Funny story, a little aside, uh, maybe three years ago, so I was right around 30, 
me and B, uh, Barry, me and Barry went to a music festival together. Oh yeah, the same music festival that was the one I'm talking about. Yeah, um, and it was one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Yeah, I was constipated. I can't shit in public anymore, especially porta potty potties shared by thousands of hippies. Ugh. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I guess me and Barry were just old looking because I mean we got. In, in a sea of drug users, me and Barry got two joints taken out of my cigarette pack. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker, you know all these people are tripping balls and on ecstasy walking right. by us, but like we're two 30-year-old adults here and you're taking two joints from us? Uh, I was bullshit. Pissed. Yeah, man. So fuck music festivals. Too yeah. old for that shit now. But at the time period... Best best experience of my life. All right. Yeah. Happiest times. Happiest times, saddest times. Yeah. And I, I know that, you know, my happiest times for some contexts might yeah. be behind me, but there's other happiest times. I don't times. know, Paul. You're on the path. Yeah, I think you'll I think you'll have happy ones later. Oh, I'll, I'll certainly have happy ones. I know. And I think be, the happiest is yet to come, Paul. I, I, I think it's more it'll be happier and happier and happier for different reasons. Right. I think so, when yeah. you see little Paul Bunyan's eyes pop out of <laughs> your fiance's vagina, you're gonna... That'll I'll be I'll be it. totally different. I'll yes, be so changed that, entirely. You won't even be able to put it into words. I It'll went just, from wanting a kid 99% to being 100%. That's gonna yeah, be a yeah. huge change. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I don't know. Me, myself, I think my happy times are done. Unless my book gets... Unless I... Publish some piece of art. I do not see a happy apex coming in my future. Hmm. But compared to other points in my life, I think on I'm on a, like a plateau of happier than maybe I've been. Yeah, and it's more different happiness, you know, yes. might come. Yeah, easier right. to maintain. Yeah, because yeah. it's more resilient on yourself. I feel like. Younger days, you're more relying on your friends for happiness. Well, and at the same time, maybe this is coming back to what we talked about with time not too long ago, that when you're younger, those were such amazing experiences because you'd never had them before. So now that you have experienced so much, you have to do even, you know, crazier things, you know, but you're you're not going to be... Uh, and then skydiving. Going from, back to our two old episode again, those things that were our high points, we wouldn't even want to do now. Right. Yeah, like right. the music festival. So right. who knows what's going to make us happy in 10 years? Yeah. You know? Well, it's, you, you keep changing and uh, yeah. different things make you happy. That's and true. I'm super happy to be a homebody, you know, even though I'd like to go out and do things at the same time. Yeah. Fuck, I'm tired. I just want to go home and sit on the couch and watch TV. Yeah, that's, I don't yeah. know. That's a tough one. I feel like... I would go out every weekend and rage if there was something I wanted to do. But there yeah. just aren't that many things I want to do anymore. Yeah. So, man, that's a tough one. It's tough not to crack. Paul, do you want to tell people where they can find us unless you've got something else on one of our topics? Mm, go tell us what your most traumatic event was on Twitters at edidpodcast.com. And please do not be offended if we make fun of it. Sad things can be funny, people. <laughs> and then head over to the Facebooks and tell us about your happiest memory there. Uh, just search Every Day I'm Different. Uh, thanks, guys. I am Van Kelly for Paul Patrick. Every Day I'm Different. See ya.